Today we're starting a new series entitled, This is My Church, This is My City. We're going to be looking at what God has for us here at Grace Point and what He has for us here in Fort Wayne. He's calling us to something specific, something important, something with great purpose, I believe. As you look there in your bulletins, you see the outline. It's listed there, a vision statement that I want you to look at with me. As I read aloud, I want you to read silently as as you hold in your hands what I am confident God has put on our heart for where he's taking us as a church. It simply says this, we see hundreds of connection communities of Christ-like disciples united in prayer, intentionally reaching the world for Christ out of the fresh overflow of the Holy Spirit. I confess, I know that's a, a long, probably sentence fragment that is full and pregnant of all kinds of things that I could talk longer about. In fact, I want to pick that apart a a little bit over this series, and we're going to go phrase by phrase through what this not only means to us, but what it means for where we are going. First, we see here hundreds. It's not just one or two or or three, but I I literally believe that there will be hundreds of Christ-like connectional communities in our church. Not all of them will fit in this building. Some of them will be in homes. Some of them will be in places of business. Some of them will be in places that we, we do work and in some places where we, we get lunch and some places where we get coffee, but gatherings where we get together and we care for one another, we learn from God's word together, and we serve somebody besides ourselves. I'm not just talking about a handful of people being a part of this. Hundreds would be all of us being a part of this. I see this not just being something that we kind of do on the side, but this is a part of our very DNA. It's a part of who we are, that we gather together and we study God's Word together. We learn from His Word together. We care for those we're around and we serve somebody besides ourselves. Hundreds of those connectional gatherings around this city. It'd be a part of our culture It'd be a very part of who we are and what makes us tick. Connectional communities of Christ-like disciples. This isn't just people gathering together because we have similar interests. It's not just people gathering together because we're just tremendous friends right from the get-go. But we are Christ-like disciples who gather together with a purpose. It's not a bunch of solo, lone ranger, spiritual giants that charge hell with a squirt gun all by yourself, but we have a selfless community that we are being Christ-like to the world around us in the context of sharing life with one another. It's, it's something bigger than just us being a Christian by ourselves, United in prayer. Not just uniting because... We have similar likes and dislikes because we have similar background or similar denominational affiliation, but we are uniting in prayer. What will bring us together and what will keep us together is prayer. Not now I lay me down to sleep or rub-a-dub-dub thanks for the grub prayer, but but something that is an honest and a, a sincere cry to God, I need you, Father, I am desperate for you. 
I want to hear from you, Father, and I want to do what you tell me, Father. This type of prayer changes things. This type of prayer changes you, and it will change me. And I believe that's what will unite us. Now hear me. Hundreds of Christ-like connectional communities, of Christ-like disciples who are united, what bonds us is a similar cry for our Heavenly Father to speak to us, a similar cry to obey what He says, to ask for His will to be done, not my will to be done. Intentionally reaching our world for Christ. Now, if we're going to intentionally reach our world, it's not by accident that we share Jesus with somebody. It's not just something that kind of slips out on us and we're not quite sure how it happened. But there has to be an on-purpose choice that I'm going to live my life and you're going to live your life in such a way that together we will on purpose, intentionally seek out those who are lost and reach them for Jesus. Not just seek out those who are lost and be kind, though being kind is good. Not just doing good deeds, though that will happen. But we want to reach them with the power of Jesus. It's not just something that just happens for a few or or for the elders or for those advanced Christians. But all of us, united in prayer, intentionally impacting and reaching our world for Jesus. Boldly and compassionately sharing what Jesus has done in our life. Now this last phrase, out of the fresh overflow of the Holy Spirit, is how all this is done. All of this is great and and it sounds good. It's a picture of an Acts chapter 2 church. Two weeks ago we looked at how we were to go back to the beginning to rewind to the, the power of the Holy Spirit and fast forward to the supernatural acts that He has for us. Pastor X preached last week about how the cup can be clean on the outside, but the inside can be nasty and dirty. Remember the ping, ping, ping of his car? Remember that? Some of you talked to me about that today. It's not just about the outward appearance, but it's got to be some kind of engine that's healthy inside, something that is motivating us and taking us forward. And friend, it is the overflow of the Holy Spirit that makes all of this possible. Not just for Grace Point, but makes it possible for you and makes it possible for me. It's this last phrase that I want to start with in this series. I believe it's the most important of this vision statement for us. A vision is a picture of where we are going. If we look out the windshield of the Grace Point Church of the Nazarene vehicle on our mission to make Christ-like disciples across the street, across town, and around the world, well, what does the next five miles look like, Pastor Brady? Well, what does the next turn and the next set of directions look like? It looks like this. Hundreds of connectional, Christ-like communities united in prayer, intentionally reaching a world for Christ out of a fresh overflow of the Holy Spirit. We may be able to come up with some kind of a shell that would resemble this on our own, but there'll be no power, there'll be no transformational nature to this if it's not out of the fresh overflow of what the Holy Spirit has done in our life. For the next number of minutes, I want us to look at 
what not only I feel about this, but more importantly, what God's Word says about this. And each week as we go through this series, we're going to see how this vision is not just a man's thought or a woman's thought, but this is what God's Word is calling us to as a church and what God's Word is calling us to as individuals. Without the Holy Spirit, we are like the disciples before Pentecost, sincere but struggling with confusion and defeat. Are you struggling with confusion this week? Do you feel defeated this week? It doesn't mean that you're not a believer. It doesn't mean that that you're not a good person. The disciples were confused. The disciples were, were defeated at times. But when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, it empowered them to live and to do the things that God called them, created them to do. They began to move and act and speak with purpose. They had boldness in the face of adversity, not because they were super spiritual giants. These were the same men, but they were the men who had been saturated by the very Holy Spirit of God. Up until that time, they had not received the power of the Spirit, but after Pentecost, it came upon them. Christianity is not a self-effort religion, but rather one of power. The ability of might and spirit only through the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill His good purpose. Friend, I ask you, what is at work inside of you? What is the engine that makes you tick? Not what's on the outside of the cup. But what's on the inside? What is giving you power to move forward? If it's not the fresh overflow of the Holy Spirit, you're going to fall short every single time. The Spirit is the only one who can produce the self-discipline, the love, the boldness. But to do so, He has to control us daily. It's not a once decision way back when. It happens in a moment. It happens in a crisis. It happens in a specific instant. But it's a lifelong commitment to saying, God, you have all of me and I want all of you. The Spirit cannot fill my life, cannot fill your life, if we are too full of other things. We must be willing to empty ourselves and be emptied by the Father Empty of our plans, of our self-rights, of our self-willingness, our self-importance. Then the Holy Spirit gladly fills our hearts with His love and His power. Take your Bible and look with me at John chapter 7, verse 37 and 39. I want you to see that this part of the vision and each and every other part of this vision we'll look at in the future weeks is clearly rooted in the truth of God's Word. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. 
The Holy Spirit was present. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove when he was baptized. But the the presence of the Holy Spirit indwelling the believers did not happen until Pentecost. And, And this prophecy that Jesus gives is so important to us today because it is the very engine inside of us as a church, the very engine inside of us as individuals to fulfill the great purpose he has called us to. It is the overflow of this Spirit of God that Jesus is talking about here. You see, up until that time, the Spirit hadn't been given quite like it was at Pentecost. Jesus had not yet been glorified. He had not yet died and descended into hell and conquered sin, death, and the grave and been resurrected and and glorified, which He said, it's Good for me to go away so my spirit can come and be with you. It's going to be better for you. What could be better than having Jesus right here? If Jesus was sitting right there by Pastor Rex, and you could walk up and you could put your hands on Jesus' shoulder, and you could touch him, what would be better than that? Jesus said, it will be better for you for me to go away so my spirit may reside in you. This is... What Jesus was talking about, it's the gospel, it's the good news, it's the birth of the church, it's where God is calling us as believers, as Grace Point Church family to go. After Jesus did that, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. Jesus is saying, after I've accomplished what I'm going to accomplish on the cross, the power which I intend for you to live with will descend upon every believer who receives me. Not just some, not just the elect, not just for the elders, not just for the super spiritual giant, for every single believer. Now notice what Jesus says. Let's look at this verse. Either it's true or it's not. Verse 37. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. And drink. Apparently not everyone who comes to Jesus drinks. Have you ever desired to come to Jesus? Jesus, I I, I want to come to you. I, I want you to help me. But I'm not so sure that I want to drink the cup that you have. I'm not so sure that I want the water that you give. Because when we take the water that Jesus has, it displaces the stuff inside of us. You hear me? I can't keep what's inside of me and drink the water and, and it will displace the other stuff out. Are you coming to Jesus but not being willing to drink? You see, I have water, Jesus says. If you drink the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. Then the woman at the well, I can imagine her saying, what kind of water is that? Jesus was speaking, he he clarifies here, of his spirit. There is a thirst in all of us today that only God can satisfy. There's a thirst in all of us that only the Holy Spirit of God can satisfy. Money won't satisfy your thirst. Sex won't satisfy your thirst. The new job won't satisfy your thirst. More prestige and power won't satisfy your thirst. A better future for your kids won't satisfy your thirst. Security won't satisfy your thirst. A better political environment won't satisfy your thirst. A better church won't satisfy you. Only the Spirit of God can satisfy your soul. Do do we believe that? Sometimes we think it, sometimes we know it to be true, but do we know it to be true in our heart? 
More church won't satisfy you. More good deeds won't satisfy you. More hard work won't satisfy you. Nothing in this world can satisfy the craving of your soul. Only the water of the Holy Spirit can satisfy you. Jesus is offering the water of life. Number two, water satisfies. The Holy Spirit will satisfy your soul. Are you satisfied today? I think of the quartet and that deep bass voice that would sing, I'm satisfied. It's been a part of our vocabulary for many decades. But is it a part of the attitude and the tenor in which we live our life? I'm satisfied in Jesus, but I'm going to complain all the way out the door. I'm satisfied in Jesus, but I'm going to fret and worry every minute of the day. Are you satisfied? The very Spirit of God will satisfy your soul. It doesn't always take away the problems. It doesn't always take away the sickness. It doesn't always take away the grief ahead of you. But it will satisfy your soul. Hear me, friend. This is not just to make you comfortable or not just to stir you up. But there is a change, a chemical change that's got to happen, a reaction that's got to happen in us to go where God wants to take us. This isn't just muster up enough willpower and and be flexible enough for change for a new generation. This is the very work of the Spirit of God in us. Come to Jesus. Yes. Drink of the Spirit. Yes. And let your heart be satisfied. Are you satisfied when you drink of the living water, when you drink of the Spirit? The things of this world, by comparison, become rubbish. Here's a good litmus test for us. Well, I'm kind of happy. How do I know if I'm satisfied? What do you desire the most? If you desire that downtime with you and cable television more than you desire God, you're not satisfied. You're hungering and you're going to fill yourself with something that has no chance of giving you peace. If you find yourself spending your, your spare time planning and scheming and trying to figure out how to climb that ladder to get more, to do more, to be more, to be seen as more, to achieve more, you'll never be satisfied. What is in your life that is more important than the very satisfaction of your soul by the Spirit of God. When we talk about being in the presence of God, God, your presence is all I seek. What I want more than anything, what I need, what I want, what I seek, is your presence. Why? Because He satisfies my soul. So you don't go to work. Of course you go to work. So you don't be responsible and do the things that you're called to do. Of course you do those things. But compared to the Spirit of God, it's trash. Compared to the Spirit of God, it is meaningless. Satisfaction of our soul. I can think of many times when the Spirit has satisfied my soul. If you're thirsty today, if you are dry today, if you are full of doubt today, if you're full of complacency today, know that your soul can be satisfied. It's not made up. It's not conjured up. It's not just for a few elect people. It's for every person who has faith in Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus. Take a big drink of the Spirit. Then Jesus goes further. Look what it says. Whoever believes in me, Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The NASB NASB says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
See, Jesus doesn't want to just satisfy your soul. <laughs> if it's just about satisfying you, then you're going to get pretty excited about yourself. You're going to start growing a big fat head as a Christian. And you're just going to start soaking everything up. And you're going to become so soggy and sloshy that you can't move. And pretty soon the water is going to become stagnant and nasty moss is going to grow all over you. But Jesus says, I'm going to pour out so much living water of my spirit. He clarifies in that verse. I'm not saying that he says it. Look at it. So much of my spirit will saturate you. It will be a river flowing out of your gut. It will gush on everybody around you. When's the last time you thought about you need your soul satisfied, not for your sake, but for the sake of the people who have to tolerate you around you? Somebody is crying out for a drink of living water and they're dependent on you being a river of life. Friend, this is what we mean out of the fresh overflow of the Holy Spirit. It's just some kind of hocus pocus thing or some kind of one tribe of a church thing. This is a Bible doctrine. I don't care what your background is. I don't care where you come from. If God's word is true, Jesus says it's better for me to go away so my spirit can come live in you. It will It will quench your thirst. It will satisfy your soul. And there will be a river of living water coming from within you. Not from you. From within you. Now that's important. Some of us start to think that we're the savior of the world. That we have the answers. And we start confusing who's in charge. Jesus is the one who's the head of this church. Jesus is the one who's the head of my life and needs to be the head of your life. And it's his spirit That is the life-giving source that should flow out of us. Not just to satisfy you. Other people are thirsty. Other people need ministry. Other people are hurting. Other people's lives are broken. Other people need someone to care for them. Other people need a word from the Lord. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to enable you to do that, Grace Point Church of the Nazarene. I'm going to enable you to do that. And it's by my spirit. Because of the way that we react and interact with people, it will be a river of living water that gushes from us to them. Third, finally, this morning, this river that flows out to others is part of Jesus' call in this verse. The river of the Holy Spirit will not only satisfy, but it will overflow. It will bubble up inside of me. I remember a song as a teenager. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Gush, gush, splash, splash, something. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I, I confess that I don't think I ever connected that with the move of the Holy Spirit. I connected it with water balloons and sprinklers and, and fun and, and, and camp. And missionary dating at camp and all those other things that go along with it. But spring up a well inside of me, a river of life. Friend, it's not a question of if something's overflowing out of you. The question is what's overflowing out of you. There's not a whole lot of Christians that have a river of life flowing out of them. They've got a river of something, but it's anything but life. There's not a whole lot of churches that have a river of the life of the Spirit flowing out of them. they got something coming out of them, but it's oozing other stuff. What's overflowing out of you? See, you know the overflow because you can't help it. It just kind of 
squashes and squashes and sloshes out. It seeps out. It's not when you plan for it. It's not just when you calculate and decide, this is the time that I'm going to share my faith. It just comes out. When has someone come to Jesus because of the way you apologized? When has somebody seen the light of Jesus because you said, I'm sorry? When has someone come to Jesus because you humbled yourself and you were transparent and you said, you know what? I need more of him and less of me. Friend, I need to tell you something. This is just you and me. Everyone else is gone. If I haven't offended you yet, over the next 20 years, I promise you I'm going to do something stupid. I don't want to. But I promise you I'm human. I'm flawed. I don't want to. I'm going to do something stupid. But my covenant to you, my commitment to you is, if you see something in me that doesn't smell like Jesus, I want to confess it to my Jesus, and I want to ask Him to forgive me and ask you to forgive me. Our hope is not in in how perfect I am without error, but my hope is how teleos perfect you and I can become to complete our purpose in Him by being a conduit of His love. When we get over ourself, say, well, Pastor Brady, I wasn't really hacked off at you. Well, who else in this room are you hacked off at? All this other stuff we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks, we can't even get to it. If we're so aggravated at one another. Pastor Brady, what's going on? I didn't know there was a big problem. I don't either. I'm just telling you what God put in my heart. If you don't have an issue, then just smile and say this is for somebody else. But if you have an issue, no, God is speaking to you. Get over yourself and what you feel like you need to have. And say, God, I want a river of life coming out of me. I've been forgiven much, therefore I need to forgive much. But how do I do it? You don't. God does it. But how do I let go? Like this. You can't let go when you hang on. More people ask me, I can't let go. Why? Because I want to hang on and let go. You can't. You've got to let go. That's another message. Where are we at? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Many people call themselves Christians who don't have a river of life flowing out of them. They've got a river of something, but it's anything but life. Have you ever been blessed by somebody who has a river of the Holy Spirit flowing out of them? This past week, I attended the homegoing celebration of Betty Bridges. And it excited me to hear the testimony of people who were touched by Betty. My first experience with Dwight and Betty was only two years ago. Many of you have known them for a long time. Some of you may not know who they are, but but they're amazing people. Betty's in heaven now. Dwight's still with us. I went over to Dwight's house to meet Dwight and Betty and talk to them, and I quickly discovered that in Dwight and Betty's house, they have collections going on. And they're competing collections. Betty collects clocks, not like one, but like a lot. How many, Pastor Rex? 181 clocks. I told you, it's a lot. And Dwight is doing his job to make sure there's enough fossils in the house to compete with the clocks. And as I walked through the house and I took the tour and I saw these things, instantly Dwight says, hey, you've got to take some of these fossils home to your daughter. She'll think they're cool. Oh, Dwight, thank you, but, but I don't have to do that. But, but you know what? I couldn't get out of that door without six or seven or eight of these fossils. I'll never forget what Dwight said to me. He said, what good are they going to do me? I love these, but I have them to give them away. I was talking to one of Betty's friends 
And she said in Betty's final days, when people would come in, she had her clocks, some of them around her, and she said, if you see a clock you like, just take it. There was an attitude of Jesus. There was an attitude of generosity. There was an attitude of what I hold dear to me, I freely give away. It blesses my heart. But more than just generosity, more than just philanthropy, more than just giving fossils away, every time I talk to Dwight, he says, Pastor, I just want to reach one more person for Jesus. And then he tells me about someone that he met and how he thinks he did what he could to talk to him, but he's not sure, and his heart just leaps to share with Jesus. Why? Because Dwight's so amazing? He is amazing, but not because of him, but because of Jesus in him. When God takes control of the life of a church, he takes control through the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the helper Jesus sent to do the job. When we fear giving control to the Spirit, we really fear God's control over our life. When we refuse to yield to the Spirit, we miss out on a holy excitement of living beyond ourself. Jim Cimbala writes, Friend, Jesus is calling us to a great mission. It's not some new, invented, newfangled thing. It's what you find in the Bible. It's just right over here. Make disciples of all nations, teaching them the things that Jesus has commanded. We're going to do it across the street, across town, and around the world. But you see, he's given us a powerful vision of what that's going to look like. Where are you at in that today? You see, the church, Grace Point, is not this building. It's not an organization. It's not just a denomination. We cannot go anywhere that you and I are not willing to go. Have you come to understand that you are Grace Point? You and I make up Grace Point. Have you come to Jesus this morning? There's somebody here today that as you hear this, there's a hungering in your soul and you've never come to Jesus. By that I mean you've never had a moment where you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and be in charge of your life. I want to invite you. There's no better day than to receive the forgiveness of Jesus than today. And before you leave, I'm going to invite you to come and and pray. And I want to pray with you that you can receive Jesus. But there's somebody else here today that it's not just that. You've come to Jesus. You've continued to come to Jesus. But you're so dry. You're so worn out. Because you don't drink. And what you need today more than anything else is a big drink of the Holy Spirit. I know some of you, you you had a a sip a long time ago. You had a gulp a number of years ago. But this is not water that you drink once and you never drink again. It satisfies your soul, but you keep drinking. It's an endless supply. And we wonder why we feel so discombobulated and dry. Jesus says, come to me and drink. Before you go anywhere today, you need to come and kneel and say, Jesus, I need more of your spirit. Others of you, When we talk about the satisfaction of your soul, you need to celebrate today. You need to come and thanksgiving, kneel your heart before God, acknowledge Him and say, You have satisfied my soul. I talked with a brother and sister last night who who they saw God's provision of a a car accident that was completely totaled but spared the life of a loved one. And their soul was satisfied. I could see it in their eyes. Don't just hang on to that. Offer it up in praise. There's others. You go, 
I've been so satisfied, I'm sick of myself. If you're honestly looking of a river of whatever comes out of you, the last thing that you think of is life. Jesus wants to pour His Spirit out upon you. And it's out of the overflow of His Spirit, not your willpower, not your might, not your tenacity, not your gritting your teeth, not turning over a new leaf, not working harder, not trying to be better, but by having more of the Holy Spirit pour out of you. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? You humble yourself and you cry out for more of Him. And if you don't want any of God, then, then just stay seated, I guess. I don't know. If, if God's speaking to you today, not, not Brady, but if God's speaking to you, I want to give you an opportunity to seek Him. When we come to these altars here at Grace Point, it's not the only place we pray, but it's a good place to pray. If you can't kneel, then I invite you to come and be seated on one of the front rows. If, if there's not space, then you just come stand. Why? makes me uncomfortable. Every time Jesus called a disciple out, he said, come here, come here, come here. Put feet to your faith. Put action in your body to what I'm doing in your heart. He knows the way he made us. Something happens when we move in obedience. If God's not speaking to you, then don't move. If God's speaking to you today, as Pastor Edgar sings, I invite you to come and pray. Whether you want to come to Jesus for the first time, whether you need a big drink of the Holy Spirit, whether you need to celebrate the satisfaction of your soul, or you need to inspect what kind of river's coming out of you, let's obey God together as we worship. If you're going to move, come and pray with me right now as we sing.